Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. Each week, we will sit down with a guest and chat about news and events related to women in the sport and hobby of pinball. Now here's your host, Lauren Gray. Welcome, everyone, to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. I'm so excited. It's Valentine's Day week. I was promised a chocolate fountain at my next pinball meet. I'm super excited, y'all. Very jazzed. But even more so, I'm super jazzed about our guest today. Talked to her up a little bit on the last episode. She is representing us, ladies, in the North American IFPA Pinball Championship from Boise, Idaho. Help me welcome Aviana Smith. Yay! Aw, thank you so much for having me on the show, Lauren. Oh, my pleasure. I was like, oh, my God, she has to be on the show. She's she's doing it. She's out there doing it for us. And I was like, she's the only lady. I was so excited for you. And then, I mean, you're you're 18. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's so young. And and she's out there and she's making a name for herself in the pinball landscape. And then when I had posted your your local um, either TV station or newspaper put an article about you and I like posted it on my Facebook page and Danny Peck was like, Aviana is so cool and she's just a really cool chick and I was like oh see I'm like I got props from Danny I was like I gotta have her on the show for sure so uh Aviana thank you again so much for, for taking time out for listeners what you don't know is we had like 15 minutes of technical difficulties because it wouldn't be the Backbox Pinball Podcast if I did not have technical difficulties <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but she was a trooper so I really appreciate that uh for folks who don't know who you are could you tell us your pinball origin story how you started in pinball and where you're at today um, well, I just kind of started out as a really casual player back in 2014. Um, Idaho is not a very big state on the pinball scene. Um, and that's because we've only been around since 2014, 2015. And we, um, we had our, we had the minimum amount of tournaments to qualify for a state championship our first year. And I won that year. And so I went from being a super casual player to Idaho's first state champion. And it was a weird experience where I was put into the limelight. And in order to compensate for the lack of pinball we have in the area, I started studying like mad. <laughs> I have I have a, um, a book with 153 um, entries for different machines. And over 300 files online. Oh, and wow. Yeah. I love studying pinball. And then, you know, to go to nationals and meet all these players. And I didn't know that the international um, women's championship was held at nationals, too. But I got to meet all these women who were there. And it was just shocking to me that I was the only woman there. And I'm just so grateful that I have the opportunity to, you know, represent like that again. Oh, my gosh. So exciting. I'm so excited for you. Well, we'll talk more about that later on in the show. But I am incredibly excited that you're representing the ladies in the North American Pinball Championship. And then, of course, as uh, Aviana said, they are also hosting the Worlds uh, for Women's at the during the IFPA Pinball Championships as well. And those are taking place, I believe, in Denver, if I'm correct. Yes. Yes. I was like, uh, they, they moved it. I was like, I remember it's in Denver. Um, my, my mind has not been helping me this week. I've been crazy at work. So I'm very glad. I'm very glad I remembered that fact. But let's jump into some pinball news. So it, there's like a lot of news this week. But um, the big thing that I saw was um, 
they had some gameplay for Rick and Morty on the Cartoon Network. Um, I'm not going to replay the re- repeat the name of the show, but uh, uh, they did have. I'll put a link on you guys, but they did have actual live gameplay on the show. Um, since I heard the squee, are you a Rick and Morty fan, Aviana? I I saw the stream that you're talking about, and my father and I were over the moon. Um, no, I, um, I have not watched the show, so I feel like I'm like the kid that's left out, but, um, for what, what'd you think of the gameplay? What did you think of the stream? Oh, I loved it. I saw the original 15 minute one that they put out. I haven't seen the, um, the longer one yet, but I thought that they were so creative from the call outs to some of the modes that they saw. It was amazing. I really liked what I saw so far. I think it's a really interesting game. You, listeners, you know, I'm like hashtag team Scott when it comes to games, because if you listen to the show at all, you know, I'm like fangirl over TNA. So I'm really excited, even though I'm not a Rick and Morty fan. And even though I'm crazy when it comes to theme, I just the look of this game and the feel and the gameplay, I feel like will transcend theme for me. It's like Iron Maiden. I don't like Iron Maiden, but I love the game. Yeah, I've never seen the show for that. I'm I'm in the same boat. I haven't seen a whole lot of um, the themes for the games, but a game like Rick and Morty, where it's just so beautiful with the lighting design and how creative the modes that I saw in the stream were, I'm very excited to play this game. Same here. I'm hoping that somebody here locally will pick one up. We have a couple of uh, local collectors that really like spooky. So I'm like crossing my fingers that they'll invite me over or um, I'm going to have to maybe travel and go find somebody that has it on location. But that's going to be a tough one. I mean, it sold out four hours, 750 machines. Uh, we just had last week, we just, or this week, I should say, um, we just had on in the last episode, we had uh, Kate and Squirrel, a.k.a. Baby Hustler, um, on the show, <laughs> and they were so much fun. I could not get anything out of them, y'all. I mean, listen to the show. I was like, I was trying. Nothing, nothing. It's like a vault. But I'm so <laughs> excited. I can't wait for this to go on the line and get out there on location. So so hopefully we'll have more streams to come. And from what I saw, um, they, they did make some updates to the machines and they're going to be uh, fixing the few little um, issues that there were during the stream. So I'm really excited about the new videos that are coming out for that. So yay, super exciting. Mm-hmm. The next one is... I got a email last week from Damian Harton with uh, Haggis Pinball talking about his new game, Celts. And Celts is a single level game um, produced by Haggis Pinball. And what is unique is that um, the way, it, so there's been, you know, what was it, um, Bubblegate, what were we calling it for a while there? Uh, Chipgate, is Chipgate, I think is what I was calling it. Um, there's been so many challenges with a lot of the new play fields and dimpling and pooling. But he sent me a press release with a video, and I was shocked um, because, ladies and gentlemen, he took a sledgehammer to that thing. And, of course, I'm singing, like, the old school Peter Gabriel song, like, I want to be your sledgehammer. And I was, like, so excited. And I'm really, really just stoked that somebody, you know, really took it, took a risk and took a sledgehammer to a play field and there was not a mark on it. So I was kind of impressed. Did you get to see that video at all? Oh, yeah, I took a I took a look at it just recently. And it was pretty incredible. I showed my father and he said, you know, only time will tell even after they busted up the sledgehammer, just because we so we see so many games in poor condition. But I'm very excited for what this could mean. And I mean, I'm all for like remaking playfields and like 
totally making a machine new again. And so if that play field could go into some of the older machines, that would be incredible. Oh, yeah. They, they still have some of the challenges of the dimpling and the pooling. Um, but I mean, I think that if we think of a different way to make them, because I and I'm not going to go into the specifics, but he was talking about where it was ply, plywood and acrylic which is kind of mm-hmm. a, a different way to, to make the play field. And I'm like, if that works, like, and I agree with your dad, time will tell, you know, it's one thing to take a sledgehammer to a, a new play field. It's something else for it to, you know, get years and years of play and, you know, see if it holds up over time. Will the acrylic crack, you know, will there be any kind of like dimpling over time? Um, but I, I was super, super stoked. I mean, it's a great marketing um, idea, but, uh, but I'm excited. Um, they're going to be at TPF. Um, I, I heard from Damien and um, I'm hoping to meet up with him. I'm really hoping, Damien, if you're listening, please, can you like have a sledgehammer at TPF? I want to like to be able to, <laughs> I want to be able to like go up to the machine or not the machine, the play field and like take a whack at it. Like it's like some kind of like sideshow game. Um, I, I'm sure that that's like totally not safe and Ed would not be down for that, but I think it would be super fun. Um, just, just throwing it out there, just an idea into into the mist. Um, it, I, I won't even claim it as mine, but yeah, no, or maybe not, <laughs> maybe not the sledgehammer, maybe like a, like a smaller hammer, you know, so we won't hurt anybody. Yeah. But, um, Man. but I'm super excited. Are you guys going to come to DPF? Or are you going to be able to come this year? No, we've never been to Texas pinball, uh, yeah, <laughs> Texas pinball festival. Oh, well, you got to put it on your to view list. I think you'd have an awesome time. Well, I'll definitely take pictures. I'll post on the website. That is a crazy week because they're going to have the deep root reveal on Wednesday and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday is TPF. So there is going to be a whole lot of pinball news coming from this gal that week. So don't worry. I'll keep you in the know. Thank you. I'll be watching the stream. Woohoo! All right. And the other big thing, code updates. Lots of code updates. Um, we had updates for Elvira. Uh, again, getting rid of some bugs, kind of you know, tweaking some things. We had uh, a code update for Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. Um, he, uh, they addressed the, the memory leak issue and also other bugs. But the big code update that I was super excited about was the Jurassic Park code update. Have you had a chance to play Jurassic Park? <laughs> Um, I had a chance to technically play it, but that ball didn't do anything useful. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm all like, I totally fangirl over Jurassic Park. I think it's the game of the year. I think it's going to sweep the Twippies. Uh, I'm sorry. I love all the other games, you guys. But um, I Jurassic Park to me is like my jam right now. And I really like the new mode they came up with. So. It makes me think, like, if we go back to the code update we got from Ghostbusters, they did that Are You a God mode, which is a kind of a special wizard mode or kind of a, a, an additional mode. And they did the same thing, Escape from Nublar, which is a um, wizard mode slash miniature challenge that you can do separately. And I think things like that are fun for people who don't really play pinball. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. If you can just hop into the game. And I know that Jurassic Park has a... um a cheat code where you can start directly in that wizard mode. So for them, it'll be very fun, but I don't think I'll ever get there organically. Oh no, no. I have total faith in you, girl. I know you're going to make it, but I just, I love the, the fact that I think, you know, Keith Elwin, we all tell, he's the goat, he's the goat guys. But I think he really comes at it from a creative, interesting way as a player 
um, with all of these code updates that he's doing and just the different uh, nuances that he's adding. The code is so deep and the gameplay is so deep on Jurassic Park. It just every time I turn around, I find something new about that game. And I feel like that's one of those games that I don't think I'll ever master. But it is so much fun to play. Um, so yeah. it ha- I-, I hope you get more opportunities to play it because it's super fun. Yeah, I we have it down at our um, our local bar where we have league on Monday night. But um, I am not great at that game. And I know that's a dangerous thing to say right before nationals. Um, <laughs> she did not say that. She's amazing. Be, be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> yeah, I I really appreciate um, being able to research the games, although with all the code updates, I'm not sure what I've researched is still valid, but um, it's still a very wonderful game, just like what he did with Iron Maiden. I think that a player designing the game is just so different and so wonderful to have. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, you know, I think that it's, it's a nuanced thing. You see that from, from people like Bo and Karens. I'm excited to see what's going to come out of Deep Root with Steve Bowden. And again, when you have those tournament players, yes, tournament players are a different breed. And I get that they're different than like hobbyists, but I do feel that they add a layer of complexity to a game um, for, for not only tournament play, but for home players. Cause I think, you want it to be easy and you want to be able to access modes that are fun. But at the same time, you like if, if I can GC a game in like three or four games, I'm like, I don't want to buy this. This is like not challenging to me. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that's one of the things about Jurassic Park, because there are some very easy to handle modes and it's very well um it's well executed in the playfield because, you know, when you need to hit the dinosaur, the dinosaur will flash, he'll growl, he'll do everything. So new players are kind of safe into that they know what they need to do in that regard. But then you have the control room, you have trapping the dinosaurs, and that's really what keeps the competitors coming back on that game. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I there's just so much to unlock and discover in Jurassic Park and that I'm just excited about every code update that comes out. They just updated the code. So I, I get to play this um, this weekend when I go in for um, we're having a split flipper tournament. Super excited. Um, but yeah, so ex- yay for all the new code. I was like, yay, there's so much stuff going on. Yay, jazz hands. Oh, yeah. We have an Alice Cooper down at our league location, too. The people in competition always really enjoy um, playing Spooky, and they love being able to see how they're able to blow it up. We've had some killer scores on location down there, and I personally, the game is one of my favorites, and I just love playing that thing. Yeah, definitely. I, I Again, it's one of my favorites. You know, I wish everybody could win a trophy, but I really, you know, I have my 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 love for Jurassic Park, but I think Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, a fantastic game. Really, really well done. So um, awesome. So yay for code updates. Super, super excited. Um, so that's wrapping up news. And we're now we're going to talk about everything Aviana. I'm super excited. So Aviana, so for um, you're 18 years old, which I think is amazing to um, kind of be at the top of your game, considered the best player in your state. Um, do you feel as, as, as a young person, do you feel any pressure? Um, is the pressure different because you are so young um, to be in kind of a competitive sport where you have a lot of people that are probably, you know, significantly older than you? Uh, yes, I do feel a lot of that. 
um, especially as the average age of players gets older. I'm very concerned with getting other young people interested in the game so that I have the opportunity to enjoy this for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, Definitely. Um, do you do your friends enjoy pinball? I mean, is it one of those things where you tell people, I play pinball competitively? Do you get the like the stare? Like, what is that? What is pinball? Is that a thing? Um. Not very often. I um I tell my friends I play pinball and at first they're like, What? That's super cool. And then we drag them down to an event and then they say, Wow, this is super cool. I want to do this again. And um they'll come back a few more times. We have um three or four youth regulars, but um my friends really do enjoy playing just casually. Yeah, and I think that, you know, as as we've started our leagues here in San Antonio, um, now now our average age is about 35-ish, um, but we do have a lot of younger players, like 18, 19-year-olds that are coming in that like they're like, oh, well, like my dad introduced me or my mom introduced me or I was at the coffee shop because that's where we play and they're like, this looked cool. Um, so there, there's a, a lot of ways, and I agree with you, I feel it's really important that we do have that younger generation, you know, get involved in pinball, because we do need somebody to kind of carry the torch, you know, we are getting older, the demographic is shifting, and we just don't have as many young people in the hobby as I would like. Yeah, uh, but I do think that the youth that are in the hobby are doing fantastic. I was watching Indisc a few weeks ago, and I had such a great time watching the Indisc feed with Escher and Colin and Jared all in semifinals and finals. And as I was commenting on the video, I noticed um, the username of um, the, uh, he, I think he's 18 from Georgia last year. We met him at nationals when my father went. But um, I saw him in the chat and, you know, then I texted him and we're talking about Indisc. We're watching other young players play amazingly well at Indisc. And it was just fantastic to see that they were able to represent that much at such a huge tournament. Yeah, that was an, a, a big tournament. You're right. I, there were a lot of young people that were in the semis. I think it's awesome that you guys connected in chat. That's so cool. I think that it is real, really important that we, you know, highlight these younger players, you know, not just not just women, because I mean, obviously, that's what we do here on the podcast. But all younger players, I mean, again, there's more of you guys. Every time I turn around, there's more and more younger players. If there was something that pinball manufacturers could do or maybe league coordinators, what what are some things that you would suggest to maybe draw in those younger people? This is something we've struggled with for um, quite a while. And I'm something Danny bought up when she was on the show is that it was a theme thing that if we had, and I think when we interviewed the, the drone, a sisters, they said the same thing. Do you think that if there were more themes that connected to younger people, like, uh, like Taylor Swift, K-pop, you know, those sorts of things. Do you, do you feel that it's a theme thing or do you think it's just more of a, an access like they've never really gotten a chance to play? Um, I do think that it's a lot of access. Um, for sure, the theme can be important, but it isn't what really keeps you coming back. It's your love for the game, although getting players in the door that first time is a lot easier with a relatable theme and not, you know, 60s, 70s rock band that <laughs> was gone before I was born. Yeah, but it's a tough sell. It's a tough sell. 
Yeah. But no, I think that's, that's a great point. You know, um, I, I know that's a challenge for, for lead coordinators, you know, across the world that, you know, we make pinball more accessible. It's not just for, for older people. Um, cause even for me, I, you know, I am older than you and there are themes that I'm going to like kind of identify with. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember that. But realistically, I'm like, okay, a young person nowadays is not going to connect with like, maybe necessarily a Foo Fighters pinball machine the way I would or a Buffy the Vampire Slayer machine the way I would. I mean, they'll, they may know it and they may like it, but it doesn't resonate with them as part of their adolescence, which I think a lot of the themes, they, they want to kind of tie into nostalgia a lot of times because those collectors are older and have money. And, and I get that, but I feel like there needs to be a balance. So what do you think? Oh, for sure. Um, my father and I watched a pinball documentary a while back about how the whole thing got started. And the whole idea behind pinball was a bunch of guys and they were hanging out at bars and they were smoking and it was a symbol of their rebellious youth. And I definitely think that having themes that would bring that older style into the current age would definitely help players come in and hopefully stay. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I hadn't thought about it that way because it was like, you know, smoking at the bar, playing pinball. You know, it was like there was a rebel thing and pinball was illegal, illegal in so many places that it wasn't considered like, you know, something super mainstream. It was edgy. It was different. Um, and, and I hope I think that's a great point. I hope they bring some of that back. And I, and I feel that maybe sometimes a little of that is missing in pinball. Great point. I like that one. Gold star for you. So I love that. (laughs) So, um, so kind of like transitioning. So you play a lot of tournament pinball, obviously when you, and and I love the fact that you have a book. Like I know the only person I know of that has like something, I know Colin McAlpine has like a spreadsheet that he has notes on that nobody, I've never seen it, but I know he has one. Um, But I love the fact that you've like collected all these notes um, so when you approach a machine that you don't know, like, and maybe you, you either have, if you can't consult your book or you don't have notes on it, like maybe an older EM, what, how do you break it down? Well, I really like to do a play field analysis. If I can't do anything, you know, a lot of players skip right over the instruction card. And it's one of the best things you can really do. <laughs> if you have no idea how to play the machine, just read the thing because <laughs> a lot of times the play field will tell you if you need to advance bonus and that's another thing to note on an em is if you take a look at the scoring you can usually see if you're scoring for something that's physically on the play field or if you need to be keeping an eye out for bonus yeah no that's a great point so many people don't read the instruction card y'all read the instruction card i mean a lot of the folks that listen to this podcast i would think read the instruction card but if you're new to pinball and you stumbled across this podcast the instruction card is usually in the left hand corner near you it'll tell you how to play the game and and People will give you a couple of minutes or a minute or two to read the card. Some are real lengthy. Most are not. Most will tell you how to start modes and how to, you know, what you need to do to um, stack bonuses and things like that. Yeah, especially on an older EM, it'll have very direct instructions. There's very there's occasionally a little bit of nuance, but it's usually not that difficult to understand the basic rule set of an EM. 
Yeah, no, definitely. I um, I love me some EMs. All EMs, all the time. I love them so, so much. Mm-hmm. So uh, earlier you had stated that this was, is this, so is this going to be your second visit to the championship series? Is there anything from your last visit that you are going to employ this time around um, to kind of, you know, maybe better your odds or, you know, are, is there things you learned from the first time that you're going to apply this time around that you want to share? <laughs> I, I don't want you to like re- review all your tricks, but is there, there are things that maybe you're like, oh, I should have done this or that or whatever. Man, I, I was very proud of my first time run and I prepared very well. I, um, I researched all of the games and dad was quizzing me on the plane flight over there. But um, this time, I really hope that I just get to be a little more in the moment. I really regret that I didn't like casually talk with my opponent outside of matches. We were very formal with each other. Um, and I get the chance to see him again this time. And I hope that I can have a little bit more of a connection with him because he, he's a great guy. I faced Tommy Skinner who runs this flipping podcast and I listen to his podcast now and he's incredible. And I just really hope that I get to take that opportunity to meet these players. I never would have the chance to. Oh yeah, definitely. First of all, shout out to Tommy and Taylor from this flipping podcast, heart emoji. Um, I'm a huge fan of their show. Uh, I've gotten an opportunity to meet Taylor in person. I haven't met Tommy yet. Uh, but I love, love, love their show. So, but yeah, I think that's one of the things I love about particularly match play events and, and different opportunities. Cause I do like to chat. Like for me, yeah, I want it to be, I want to do my best. And sometimes I get in my own head and it just, I, I'm more of a hindrance than anything else. But for me, it's a very social thing. Like pinball to me, I want to chat. I want to have a good time. If you're not having a good time, you're doing it wrong. Um, so I just I, I I love that you're going to make it kind of a more organic moment. I think that's kind of cool. Love that. Oh, yeah. I'm making a list. I've already compiled a list of all of the uh, the players from the different states and provinces. And I'm writing down what questions I want to ask them. You're adorable. And, <laughs> and I usually ask everyone I meet to sign the book. Aw, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just my little guest book. And I just like to have that as a memento of, oh, my God, do you remember the time you met so-and-so? I love that. That's, aw, heart emoji to you now. I love that. I I mean, I think, and it's hard because, you know, you want to play your best. Like, especially as a tournament player, you want to do your best. But at the same time, you have to be in the moment. Because if you're not, it just, it makes the whole thing really stressful. And I'm like, you know, I'm out here in my my own time spending my own money to do this thing that I love. And now I'm super stressed out because I've like just gotten really wound up about, you know, a game or, or my, you know, where I'm ranked and da, 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 da. So I love that oh, you're yeah. going to be more in the moment. I, I love that. And I feel that if when I play like that, when I, I don't take myself too seriously, I tend one to have a better time and two actually to do better because I'm not so stressed out. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I just there are so many players who are going to be there this year who are just these huge names I never thought I would meet. And um, I've just wanted to meet some of these players for so long. Like Escher, I've been tracking him since he won Pinburg. And I've just had I've been this close time and time again to meeting these players. And I just never had the opportunity. And, you know, yes, I'm going to play my best at nationals, 
but I do want to take a moment and the time to enjoy the experience. Yeah, I know. That's a great point. Is there, besides maybe Escher, are there like a few people that you really like, I want to meet this person? Oh, man. Well, you want, I know you want to meet everybody, but is there like, I want to track, make sure I track down like these like two or three people. Oh, yeah. I, um, oof, I had a list and I lost my notes, but I, um, I'm really excited for seeing Jim Belsito. I don't think I've met Trent Augustine. And Colin McAlpine is a character I've seen in so many streams, but I've never really had the opportunity to talk with him. The episode before this, you guys heard my Trent Augustine story. He is a super nice guy. And Colin McAlpine is incredibly kind. And he, you know what, like, I know I'm going to get my clock cleaned when I play Colin. I embrace this fact. I'm fine with it. But he is so, like, nice about it and like he's like he wants me to do well like it and like so I because I, I play him I don't want to say quite a bit but I play him regularly because we're like co-located he's in Austin so I do see him from time to time and especially at like regional events and very rarely do we play each other because I'm not at his end of the bracket but um you know I I highly encourage you to go out there and meet Colin and Trent. They are super nice guys. I don't know Jim personally but I've heard great things so I think those are three really great people to meet. I'm very excited for you. Yeah, I'm just psyched to be able to talk to these players. And I just I just had a bit of a, a cold sweat because I remembered that I'm playing Greg Pavarelli my first round. Ooh. So <laughs> good luck, yeah. girl. He is Ooh. good. Yeah, no, I'm, I know you're yeah. awesome, but, but he, he is an excellent player. Oh, yeah. I've been studying what games he's played in the past on streams, and I've just really been upping my research for this year. I feel like I need to come to, like, Aviana School of Pinball because I'm like, I do not do research. I don't have a book. I'm like, I need to, like, get more, like, I, I feel that people who kind of go to that level that you're at at this point, you've got to do a lot more studying to really know the game sets and the rules and things and and that you've kind of taken it to that next level. I think it's amazing. Oh, thank you. I really, um, we really study around here out of necessity because we don't have the Texas Pinball Festival. We have, you know, maybe a dozen good locations with semi-working machines here in Boise. And so we really are very hardcore about our research here. And I think that's amazing. I think that's really important. I'm lucky. I mean, San Antonio doesn't have as much as Austin and Houston, but those are drivable places, particularly Austin. Um, so I, I'm a little spoiled about the pinball that's around me. So I, I can I can see where that would be a challenge for, for somebody that's kind of in your geographic area. Um, but the, the one thing I had kind of thought about was you've mentioned several times um, your dad. And, and I talked to your mom because she's the one who put me in contact with you. Um, how, how have your parents, um, supported you in your journey? Um, well, um, my first year, my mother and father really did help me prepare a lot. Um, you know, my father started Treasure Valley Pinball back in 2014 before it really kicked off. And then when I won nationals, they were just very on my side. They were very surprised when they heard that I wanted to research the machines. Um, But I really did want to give Idaho, you know, not a name, but a little bit of respect on the national playing field. Um, Hashtag Idaho represent. There you go. Yeah. And um, 
you know, my father is also a very big competitor here. And my mother was the second place finisher at our women's state championship series. Um, yeah. So um, my father and I um, fight a lot. Um, he won the state championship last year. And a lot of times when we're playing in our household, we're playing very competitively and we're playing to get better. And they're always pushing me to get better. And I hope that I'm returning the challenge. Oh, my gosh. I love that your family is so much a part of your pinball journey. And the family at Pinball together stays together, y'all. It's what it's all about. I love it. I, I got that feeling from, you know, the conversation we've been having. And, and when I talked to your mom a little bit, they were just so excited for you and so proud of you. And I was just like, that's so nice. I love that. I'm like, oh, another heart emoji. Another heart emoji. I love it. I love it so, so much. As we wrap up the show, I wanted to ask you one last question before we go into the one segment that we have. If you were to give advice to somebody who was stepping into to com- competition play, like they've never done a tournament or anything like that, besides the card, um, you know, things like that, is there anything you would give them advice about? I think patience is your best friend. A lot of players stepping in will just flipper chimp and We see a lot of that here, Um, but just being very patient with yourself and with your gameplay and realizing that it's going to take you a while to learn all the techniques that you need to be able to get a billion on Jurassic Um, and just being patient and knowing that you're going to make mistakes in competition and there's always another chance there's going to be other opportunities and you can forgive yourself and just know in or just take the time in knowing that that you will get better just by being around people and just you improving and becoming a better person because of pinball is inevitable oh i love that oh you are very wise and mature beyond your years, Aviana. I'm like, I am very impressed by you, young lady. And, and I hate calling you young lady because it makes me sound like a million years old. But, uh, but um, I am so excited for you. I am so proud of you. I am like totally like... I love all of y'all that are playing in the championship series, but I am going to be waving my flag for you. Go team Aviana. I'm going to be, I'm going to be rooting for you in the stream for sure. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Thank yeah, you. I'm, I'm so excited. So you've listened to the show. You know that at the end of the show, we have our one loan segment called inside the pinball arcade, where we find out about your pinball mind. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Question number one, what game do you love? Ooh, um, one of the machines that we have here is Junkyard. It isn't the most, you know, in-depth rule set, but I could play that game forever. What is it that you love about Junkyard? I, I love that there are choices in the game that you can make to um, alter your playing experience. But ultimately, it's a very brain candy rule set that you can just crank out over and over again. And it's so satisfying. I like that. I like that the phrase brain candy because there's something to be said for that, whether it be, you know, as I call it, ratchet TV or ratchet pinball. You know, there's something that, you know, I'm just watching this because I'm like, I just want to play and have fun. I don't need to sit here and think about which way I'm going to stack these modes. And, oh, I got to do this mode before that mode. And then I've got to make sure I hit this, this and, this. and I'm like, and I'm those things are important, but sometimes I just want to play. 
Honestly. Exactly. No, so, so true. I like that. Nobody has said Junkyard yet. So awesome. I love that. All right. Question number two. What game do you hate? Ooh, um, I really dislike Fireball. Ooh, what, what do you not like about Fireball? Um, well, it is an older game, and that's, that's perfectly fine. I love older games. But the spinny thing in the middle and the two hungry, hungry outlanes, it just it feels unfair. You can win the game by hitting the skill shot. Yeah, that's totally true. So that's a great point. Yeah, and that's another one that we haven't had mentioned too much here on the show. So good choices. Good choices so far. All right, question number three. What is your favorite pinball sound? This can be the sound that a mech makes. This can be a sound package or a call out. Man, you know, recently I've been listening to the Time Machine soundtrack on YouTube and mm-hmm. it is just golden. It is pretty good. I and what, just, what is it that you love about that particular soundtrack? I um, So we do have a local arcade. Um, and they have the machines. So when you're standing in front of it, you can hear it just fine. But I just have so many great memories of playing Time Machine. And, you know, I, I'm locking my balls. I'm getting jiggy with it. I'm starting my multiball and I'm just singing along with the machine. I hit my jackpot and I'm just in my groove. I'm in my own little party zone. And I love playing that game for that soundtrack. Oh, my gosh. Um, listeners, I will include a link to the YouTube um stream for that so you guys can get an idea it's a really cool call out soundtrack um it's interesting i've heard a couple of people talk about it not on this show but um i don't think we've talked about it on this show but it, it, it every once in a while somebody will mention time machine it's a lot of fun so i like that i like it a lot all right question number four what is your favorite pinball art package this can be backblast play field cabinet art uh what is your favorite package Well, I'm really a classic girl and a little bit girly girly. So I really do like the flowing art on Farfalla. Oh, Farfalla is so pretty. Um, I think that's a really pretty art package. You don't see it too often in person. I've never actually had the chance to play it, but I've seen it broken down at pinball festivals and it makes me sad, but it's just so beautiful. I'm still very grateful that they brought it just to be art. Yeah, I know. It's a beautiful, beautiful game. Um, no, those are those are great ones. All right. Question number five. What is your grail pin? This is the pinball machine that you would like to own above all others or maybe you possibly do own it. Well, right now for me, that's going to be Willy Wonka. I yeah, I'd never actually seen the movie when it came out. But I watched it. I watched the stream the moment it started going and I watched Willy Wonka and I love the game design. It's so pretty. The call outs are fun. I love how they did the instruction card on that one, how there isn't um, it's not written down on the machine. The machine tells you how to play it as you're playing it. And I think that's just amazing. And it just I love the gameplay. I love the art package on it. I love that it's Jersey Jack. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful, beautiful game. Um, The artwork on that's amazing. Um, I like the call outs. It's an it's an intuitive game. Like just like you said, it actually teaches you how to play. It's not this whole you've got to figure it out between like, you know, what you learn and uh, the instruction card. And um, it's just it's beautiful. It's I I think that um, they did a really great job with it. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And then it has the humor of spelling scrum diddly umptious. So, so true. I love that. Love that, love that, love that. 
All right. Next question. What is your favorite? And I know this might be kind of difficult because of where you're at um, location wise. But what is your favorite event to play in or visit um, either expo or tournament? <laughs> well, we're still trying to make it out to Pinburg. Um, but until then, um, we really enjoy um, the Golden State Show. And personally, I really loved the old Pinagogo where it was a uh, it was a pin golf tournament and so that was really my first big event and I got to know the coordinator and I just I love him to bits and just the whole show was my childhood and I love it for that. Yeah, no, those are uh, a couple of great options. I have not been to Pinburg either. Um, I might not make it this year. I found out some interesting. I know. I know. I found out. I did my taxes, y'all. That's all I'm going to say about that. But (laughs) yeah, so uh, the fun things you'll find out as you become an adult, Aviana. Um, Taxes are are no bueno. Um, But um, you know, besides Pinburg, I mean, there's a lot of really great shows. I mean, TPF's a really big one, um, but there's a lot of stuff in the Pacific Northwest and on the West Coast. Um, of course, you have like things like Indisc and um, the Northwest uh, Pinball and Arcade Show is a really great one that's coming up, I believe, in May. Um, so oh, there's, yeah. There's a lot of great stuff in your neck of the woods. So, so I'm excited for you. It's going to be super fun. All right. Next question. Question number seven. Who would you like? Who would you most like to play head-to-head, or who do you enjoy playing head-to-head the most? Ooh. Well, I guess I'm kind of obligated to say, you know, I really do enjoy playing with my father. Um, We've been training every morning since a week before state, and that's a ton of fun. I love playing with him. But I do also have to say that there is a lot to be said with playing with pretty incredible players. Um, I had the chance to play with Colin Urban just casually around the floor at Tacoma. And I learned so much just watching him play, you know, not really trying, but it was just incredible to watch. And I would love the opportunity to play against him seriously. And I think that's a a great point. You know, um, there's this idea that, you know, oh, um, you know, I'm scared to play so-and-so. I make fun of myself all the time. But when you get an opportunity to watch people that are really good at their craft, whether it be pinball or anything, you always learn something. And I think that it's, it's important to kind of, um, to be better. You have to play people that are better than you or that are going to challenge you to be your best. Um, so I'm always interested in playing, even though I get sad cause I'm like, I'm never going to win. Um, but I, I love playing people who are better than me, even though I'm going to lose. I know every time I play somebody that's better than me, I walk away learning something. Oh, for sure. I love going to larger events and meeting all the players who are going to crush me, but I'm going to have a lot of fun being beaten. Exactly. Totally, totally true. All right. Final question. Question number eight. What is your dream theme? This is a theme that has not been produced, but that you would like to see roll off the manufacturing line from a major pinball manufacturer. All right. Hear me out. So... (laughs) My mother and I have talked about it for years, um, and I think they've always talked about a machine for women, and I think it would be, you know, not quite on that line, but it would be satirical to that idea. I want to see a My Little Pony machine. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I want to see it just so over-the-top comical, and I just think it would be hilarious if Stern or whoever came out with this hot pink just super girly call out 
machine that everyone could just laugh at together. I think it would be amazing to play. You know, I think, and I don't remember if it was on or off the air, but Priyanka and I talked about this where we like a super girly theme. And then when I had Julie Dorsers on, her and I were like totally like, um, you know, fangirling out over Hello Kitty. You know, I was like, I don't know if a major pinball manufacturer would ever make something like Hello Kitty, but I'm like, it's so girly that I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but I love the, I, I love my little pony. I grew up with my little pony. I love my little, my little pony. It's adorable. So. I mean, it, more glitter, y'all. More glitter. That's what we need in our lives. More glitter. Bless. I, I, I know that it's a microplastic. So don't call, don't email me with your, it's a microplastic. I know, but it's shiny and beautiful and I love it. Um, so, yep. um, but yeah, no, I love that. I love that idea. Definitely going to go on the list for sure. Well, Aviana, that is it. We're wrapping up the show. Um, again, congratulations on making it to the championships. Good luck. I'll be cheering for you on the stream for sure. Um, I, I wish you all the best. For folks who, you know, have now just been introduced to you, are you on Instagram or Facebook or do you do any of those sorts of things or they just got to kind of run into you? Eh, you just kind of got to run into me. But um, I do got to say um, we do have a bit of a pinball clubhouse out here. Um, and you can find that with Treasure Valley Pinball or Ugly Gold Couch on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the good things. Oh, yeah. Ugly Gold Couch. I follow both of those, but I love Ugly Gold Couch. I follow you guys on Instagram. Um, but we'll put those links in the show notes, you guys. Again, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. You guys, I don't know who we're having on next week um, because I don't have my calendar in front of me, but we're going to have some goodness. I promise you. Um, lots of things coming up over the next couple of weeks as we roll into TPF. I got a huge guest um, kind of lining up for TPF. It's going to be super fun. Um, thank you so much for all your support. Um, the landscape of pinballs have been kind of crazy the last couple of weeks, but I really appreciate you guys tuning in, listening, and just um, the, the messages and the love. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. And um, thank you so much for your support. And keep flipping. Thanks for listening to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To get pinball fun delivered to you every week, subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Also, we'd love for you to post a review on Apple Podcasts. To look at show notes and more, visit our website at backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Again, that's backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Thanks for taking us with you, and keep flipping! Keep flipping!